0: Welcome back to another episode of Mood AF, ladies and gentlemen. It's your girl, Nikita. Thank you for joining me today. As you know, here at Mood AF, we are all tea, all shade, and all offense. So you get offended easily. You don't like shade being thrown or tea being spilled. I suggest you click exit now because you already know how I give it up here. So today, I really want to get into all tea, all shade, and all offense about, um, something that i've been doing for the last year plus and i highly suggest it to everybody which is therapy but we are going to get um a little more into that later on in the show first i wanted to start with old tea and new tea per use. so old tea um we're just going to quickly recap the last episode about that horrendous interview that i went on um So, like I said to you guys two weeks ago, um, I went on that job interview at the substance abuse place and the woman who runs the company was like a complete fire crotch bitch, hated her, whatever. As you know, she asked me about if my father was a drug addict, uh, not a drug addict, not a drug addict, I'm sorry, um, an alcoholic, mad random, um, (sighs) funny enough, I think after I put that episode out, like two days later, they sent me the generic email that, um, they keep my resume on file, but unfortunately I wasn't the right fit. And I was like, look at God, because, um, <laughs> first of all, what y'all were going to pay me was not enough to deal with working under a person like that. And I feel like as a millennial, we have to, we take these jobs because we have bills to pay, but the downside to taking these jobs because we have bills to pay is the fact that these people emotionally abuse us and they just speak to us however they want because they're cutting the check. Which, I'm I'm not I'm not with that no more. I think that shit is a dub. Like I think we shouldn't be getting disrespected because of the fact that we need to pay our bills and we need to su- survive and sustain ourselves. Like whoa. Well, Um, I'm still a human being and you will still respect me. Get the fuck out of here. That's it up. So, new tea. Chow. I don't know if y'all saw, but I'm sure y'all saw the shit on Twitter. If you didn't get to watch it, it's all over TikTok. It's all over social media. This Meghan and Harry royal interview with Oprah. Chow. I watched the shit from start to finish. And my mouth fell to the floor okay first of all I'm gonna give it up for Harry because that man said first of all y'all not gonna do my my wife how y'all did my moms (laughs) like I already know y'all had my moms killed like y'all not gonna do this to my wife period so claps for Harry because he gave up all of that for his woman and some of y'all won't even give up your bullshit badass friends and you know cheating some of you won't even give up cheating For your wife, so or and and or girlfriend, Um, the bar is on the floor. The bar is in the toilet at this point. So I'm gonna give it up for Harry because what a great man he really stood by his wife's side, and I'm so happy that you know he had his mother's inheritance to basically carry him through because they cut them off financially. Now, what the fuck was this comment about how? Dark, their baby was going to be like, excuse me. First of all, first of all, I'm not saying that Megan isn't like, Megan is black, yes, we know that, but like, she is on the fairer side, and he is a white man. And when you look at their baby, their baby is gorgeous, yes, but however where the hell do y'all get off wondering how dark that baby was gonna be? Did you not look at their parents? Or was it the fact that Megan's mom has dreadlocks and y'all were very (laughs) worried about that? You thought (laughs) the baby was gonna come out looking like Megan's mom? Is this what this is? Like, can't nobody tell me that racism is not real when it's, look at how light Megan is. While yeah, she's still a black woman and she's racially ambiguous and she's biracial. What the fuck are you worried about that child's skin color? Like what? I was so flabbergasted. And as much as Harry is not, he said it's not his grandmother. It wasn't his, the queen. And it wasn't the grandfather who looked like a dead iPhone battery. He looked like that man looked like he is on 1%. Actually, he looks below 1% to be quite honest with you. Um, yeah. I have a feeling, and this is just my guess, it was either Camilla's crusty ass or it was uh, William's bald-headed ass, okay? Because if we remember, there is a picture of Camilla trying to do the Diana revenge dress and only the beautiful Diana could have pulled off that black dress with the knee slit, And the pearl choker, the off the shoulder, uh, the taste, the beauty, the class, the substance. Camilla's crusty ass could never, okay? Skin looks like rubber tires, like, uh, girl needs like six facelifts. So I either had a feeling that it was her or it was William, because in the interview, when you hear how Uh, Harry speaks about, you know, how his dad, you know, stopped taking his calls, but his dad is taking his calls again. Um, He doesn't really talk about his relationship with William right now. And I have a feeling it was that comment that put the nail in the coffin. I think what started the rift between the brothers was the fact that William cheated on Kate with Kate's best friend. Okay. And Harry went to his brother and was like, yo, you're doing the same fuckery that dad did to mom. So now you're going to, okay. See, this is, I love it when men hold other men accountable for their bullshit. It's, it's so, oh man, it's so sexy. Gotta love that. I stand. So I think it all started once the story came out that Will cheated on Kate and then, um, you know, the nail in the coffin was the, was how dark Archie was gonna be. Let me tell you something, karma's a bitch because remember how fine Prince William used to be in the teenage years? Oh my God, he was the finest young man. And you see what happens when you do fuckery? You start looking like cottage cheese. You start looking old. Where's your hair, sir? You had a head full of hair when you were a teenager. Sir, you're damn near bald now. Shave, Shave whatever shit's on the sides and back, please looking like a whole Humpty Dumpty with the whole egghead, literally. But something that um, Megan said that really kind of like made me so sad was the fact that she was pregnant and wanted to end her life because of the pressures and the way how she was being treated, the way how she was being talked about. And for people to not understand that And, you know, her asking for help and reaching out for help and them basically not giving it to her. Like, do you know how sad and stressful and depressed you have to be to be in a place where you want to end your life? I'm going to be real honest here. Some of y'all are going to be real blown away, but I have been in that position where I literally was like, bro, this, this gotta be it, bro. Life is not worth living anymore. Like, what the fuck's the point? I'm waking up every day and I'm down, Bro, I'm, I'm not seeing no up. I can't get out of bed and be thankful. I can't be, you know, happy about my life. You know what I mean? And for a woman that was so heavy on her independence, was already a working actress, had been working since she was 13, and, you know, just fell in love with a man just for who he was, not for what he had. She already had her own to be taunted and treated that way to the point where you want to end your life like what the fuck like racism is very prevalent it's alive and it's a w- and well but it's not a, uh, well when i say alive and well like i mean it's obviously not a good thing but like racism racism is very much in your face like uh, but to that extent where A beautiful woman like herself, someone that carries herself with class and grace, and she's a humanitarian and a philanthropist. And, you know, she has all these amazing qualities to herself just because of who she married. And, you know, asking for help is a big fucking deal. When you go and you say, hey, I'm not okay. I need help. And you can't get it. You really feel like your world's about to end on all fronts because you don't know where the out is. Which leads me into today's topic. I'm going to talk about the ugly side of healing, right? So let me break this down for you. I've been in therapy now for um, about a year and three months. So this December will make two years. And I'm very, so incredibly grateful. This was something that, believe it or not, I prayed for. I prayed to go to therapy for years, Um, especially after my parents separated. I was just down, out, fucked up, didn't know what was going on, couldn't go back to school. My life was just in shambles. I'm 19, I can't get a job for the life of me. I'm all over the place. And I just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, my life had been, at least to me, painted in one way. And I went to therapy and I started unpacking my life in different pieces. And when you do that, it's kind of like, picture your life as a watercolor painting. So now you wanna unpack years and years and years of trauma, years of mistakes, years of hurt, years of grieving. And now imagine taking a glass of water and throwing it on the watercolor painting it's the ugly and now now the painting's ugly you know what I mean like all the paint is coming down off of it and you know you're finally seeing shit for what it is however as much as I encourage everybody to go to therapy I'm gonna be really transparent with you guys it's for everybody I don't want you guys to think that therapy is not for me like oh I've gone to therapy before I didn't really like it blah 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 blah. here's why you probably didn't like it a you probably didn't find a therapist that was correct for you and b you probably didn't really give it a shot you can't go to therapy and and give your therapist the version of yourself that you give to the rest of the world That shit does not work. You have to go into therapy with an open mind and you need to go in there naked. I'm not talking about literally, but figuratively speaking, you go in there fucking naked, okay? You go in there with them literally, maybe at most with your socks on, but head to toe, no bra, no panties, no boxes, no nothing. You need to be transparent with your therapist. Now, I'm not saying that there are a million wonderful therapists because I know there are and I know that there are some that are their license should be revoked immediately. Um but what I'm saying is it's important for everybody to go. Like therapy, it doesn't even mean your life could be going so well and you could be doing all these great things. It doesn't matter. I don't want you guys to get into the stigma of, oh shit, I'm going to therapy and I have to talk about depressing shit every damn week. No, it's not that. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, My therapist and I don't talk about depressing things every week. We don't. Some weeks I come in there and I just bullshit and I talk shit with her. You know, we chop it up. Some weeks I, um, you know, just be chilling. Some weeks we talk about you know, redirection in my life and things that I want to do and dreams and the goals that I have. Some weeks, you know, we just bullshit and we talk about her life. It all depends. Um, I will say that I was blessed enough to find my ideal therapist on my first try. And we've been together well over a year now. Um, <laughs> and we have a really, really good relationship. I'm very thankful for her. She has made such amazing like she's made a whole way in my life like she's given me such tools that you know my friends couldn't give me my mom couldn't give me my sister couldn't give me she's given me guidance in a way that I needed like I needed that type of guidance from an unbiased third party like I needed somebody to like sit me down and be like yo see this bullshit here yo you gotta stop doing that that like you gotta stop doing that and I'm not gonna lie there's weeks where she gets in my ass okay there's weeks where I've been on the phone with her I've had to put myself on mute because what we're talking about is really heavy and you know what she's telling me is shit that I might not want to hear right away but it's shit that I need to hear and she's giving me that real, and I'm you know I'm putting my i'm on mute i'm crying like the snot is dripping down my nose like i'm just so upset because i'm like "Uh, she doesn't get it why is she talking to me like this blah 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 but i understand where it's coming from because it's not coming from a place of i'm hating on you i don't want to see you win this is coming from a place of love and it's coming from a place of i want you to be better than what you walked into what you walked in your first session as However, this is the ugly side of healing. The shit y'all see on social media blinds y'all, okay? It's it's blinding you to this point. Um, I don't want y'all to get on Instagram and Twitter and these fucking social media apps and sit here and think that healing is flowers and fucking daisies because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it's not. I don't want you to sit here and think that ooh, I'm gonna just, you know, sage my life and everything's gonna be great. And now the new thing is getting Moldavite, the crystal that as soon as you get that shit, like some heavy, heavy shit starts happening. Like things and people that you did not think that you were gonna lose are gonna start being ripped away from you because Moldavite apparently makes room for new things um, and the things that you deserve to come into your life. Yeah, y'all need to understand that all of that is great. However, what you're not doing is the shadow work. The shadow work is what makes healing ugly. Not all the time, but a a good 60% of the time, the shadow work that y'all keep skipping is what's fucking you up more. Sometimes you need to sit down and take the step back and understand that you are the toxic person. And remember, I spoke about that in episode one, season one, toxicity. Sometimes you are the toxic friend. Sometimes you are the person that is projecting the misery onto everybody else and you think you're not, but you really are. When you go into therapy, you need to go in completely naked. And even if you don't go into therapy or you feel like right now is not the time for me, I can't afford it, understandable. Understandable. Um, I'm also gonna link resources below that'll be of some help. Um, and please feel free to reach out to me after the show. Um, you know, reach out, say, hey, Keats, I need some help. Can you help me get started on my my journey? I'd be more than happy to help you, more than happy to give you advice, more than happy to link you to people. Totally fine with that. Um, anyway, so some days are a lot harder than others. Okay, when you start this shadow work, you are going to be very aware of people's behaviors. And then you're gonna start to realize that a lot of the people that you fuck with, their behaviors are very nasty. And it's going, you're going to start to question the friendships that you're in. You're going to start to realize that a lot of the people that you think are down for you are not down for you. You're going to start realizing like, yo, this shit don't make no sense. And this does not feel good to me. This does not bring me peace. This does not bring me healing. This does not bring me growth. I can't fuck with this person no more. You're going to realize that some of the friends that you've had for eight, nine, 10 years. Yeah, it's time for them to go. Because if you're, realizing a pattern and you're realizing yo this person you know every time I tell them a situation they're always so negative about it but then when I tell them positive things you know they're not they're not keeping the same energy you understand what I'm saying like um I know a friend of mine that she always talks about her relationship and she talks about the fact that um her boyfriend isn't like the greatest guy like this man is a habitual liar this man is fucking scum like habitual cheater the whole nine but she loves this person right okay cool so me I'm not the friend that's gonna tell you to leave dude I'm not gonna do that like because everybody's limit of leaving is different you understand what I'm saying like if you want to stay in that relationship but you just want to vent to me about what the fuck he actually did to piss you off fine it's my job to sit back listen and understand that's it full stop it's not my job to tell you to get up and leave the nigga. Cause if you're not ready to leave the nigga, you're not gonna leave him. No matter who tells you, leave the nigga, you're not gonna leave him. No woman is ready to leave a relationship until she is ready. And you as the friend, if you keep projecting negativity, 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 but then all of a sudden when she tells you about the good shit he does, if you don't keep that same rah-rah energy that you had when you know she was when she was telling you negative shit. Now that she's telling you positive shit, that says something. Like, it's okay to not like your friend's boyfriend, but like keep the energy consistent all the way around. I really just went on a tangent to prove a point, but you know, it is what it is. Anyway, um, but I say all this to say, when you start doing the shadow work, a lot of the relationships that you thought you had, they're gonna end and that's okay. There's no love lost. Um, There's no hardship. There's no oh my God, she doesn't fuck with me anymore. Like why? Sometimes people are just meant to not be, you know, friends with you when you're really doing the shadow work. It's okay. Um, I have a friend of mine that is also doing her shadow work and we're both actually in the same place right now where, you know, we both realize that the peace that comes with being, less accessible is so amazing. And like just staying focused on our goals and not being around, it's literally life-changing. But again, what does that come with? It comes with when you do the shadow work, you're gonna be lonely. It's not you having mad people around you all the time. No, your phone's gonna be dry, okay? Dry, like the Sahara. You're gonna feel like you're lost shit is going to end. Relationships are going to end. Friendships are going to end. But it comes at the fact that the healing and the growth is so much more important. You can't say that you want to work on your mental health but you're not taking steps to work on your mental health. Just because you you know you get your tarot read and you know you read the little horoscope pages every day and you know they they pull the cards and they say, "Hey Gemini, hey Aries, this is what's going on for you blah 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 blah." Yeah, all of that is fine and good. But those messages really don't resonate until you do the shadow work. And all of y'all be skipping the shadow work because you see the shit on social media. The, oh, you know, um, I'm healing now. I'm growing. I feel really good. I, you know, sit in a field of daisies and like life is good and I feel really happy. Yeah, do you know what that person even had to go through to get there? You can't skip that. Stop being scared of doing the shadow work. Yes, it sucks. Congratulations. But do you know what comes from doing the shadow work? You become aware. You become more aware of not only everybody else uh, that's around you and their behaviors. You become aware of your own behaviors. You start to realize, holy shit, I was the whole reason of why I couldn't excel further. I was the motherfucker that had me fucked up. I was the one that held back on my own potential. Do you know how big that is when you realize that you're the person that was fucking shit out for yourself? Oh my god. It's like a whole epiphany. It's it's eye-opening. And every day is not gonna be a hundred percent. Some days you're gonna be real depressed and that's okay. Feel those emotions. Stop skipping the part about where you need to feel the emotion. It's okay to not be okay. I cannot stress that enough to y'all. Stop letting fucking social media dictate your fucking moods, okay? Stop getting on social media and seeing all the people that you went to high school with or these random followers that you have, you see them out here flexing, throwing money, da 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 da. The best TikTok I've ever seen was social media is an alternate reality. And 90% of the people that you know are posting bullshit. Because why the fuck would anybody get on Instagram and post about their struggle? Let that sink in, okay? Let me say it again. Why the fuck would anybody get on social media, more specifically Instagram, and post their struggle? It's not going to happen. It's not worth it. Nobody's going to be transparent with you to that extent. No. You got to flex. You have to stunt. That's what Instagram is for. Flexing and stunting. That's it. Followers, likes, comments, engagement. That's what the fuck Instagram is used for these days. It's a It's a flex. That's why people make finstagrams because w- <laughs> I don't give a fuck about none of these people. I just want to post my bullshit, post my little shade and leave. But you can't do that on your regular Instagram because everybody's going to have a comment. everybody going to have something to say. Your whole identity is out there. Why do you think people revamp their, uh, their Instagram so often? You ever see people when you go on their Instagram page, whole page gone, like whole page clean. None of their pictures are up because they're going to come back with a flex. That's why social media is the devil. It is the devil these days, it is. You can't get caught up in that shit. Social media will tell you that this healing and this growth, you're gonna find love and light. How the hell do you think you get to love and light? Love and light is, yeah, no, stop. Love and light, you don't get to that right away. You gotta go through ugly. You have to go through turmoil. You need to sit down and be honest with yourself. What is holding you back? Is it the fact that you have unresolved childhood trauma? Is it the fact that you grew up in in a toxic household? Is it the fact that you grew up in a household where you had immigrant parents and there was a uh, shit ton of rules and standards that you had to follow? Is it the fact that in that same immigrant household, you know, you get picked on for everything, your weight, your grades, um, whatever it may be? Come on now. Do the work. It's okay to let all that shit go. I'ma I'm keep it honest with you. So when I was unpacking my trauma about my dad, boy, oh boy, those were some intense ass sessions. I had to realize that this man was never loved correctly. So therefore, how the hell could he love the way how I needed to be loved if he was never loved correctly? My father's mom died when he was nine. Um, Crazy enough, uh, my father's father died when I was nine. So essentially my father didn't grow up with his parents. He was raised by his mother's best friend and she wasn't capable of loving him the way how he needed to be loved once he lost his parent and his other parent was nowhere to be found. And, you know... Having adult children and still wanting to have this complex of, you are my child, you are going to do as I say, does not sit right with me. And, you know, when I would hear how he would speak to me in regards to when him and my mom were separating, my dad and I would fight every day. Yo, fight every day, arguments every day, and it would get vile and it would get nasty and he would disrespect me and I would disrespect him back. I didn't care. When I sit back and I unpack my father's life and then I unpack my life, I realized it's not to say that my dad never loved me because of course he did. I know that. He took care of me. He was my provider. He would Yo, my father was my king at one point. Like I was a big daddy's girl before I was ever a mommy's girl. It's not to say that he didn't do these good things and he wasn't a great dad at one point. It was along the way, he lost his way. And I didn't understand that and I couldn't see that until I was a grown adult. Just like, I love my mother to death. Okay, I think my mom is fucking awesome. And if you know my mom, you know my mom is a shit. Um, but it was even unpacking it to her and not understanding that she doesn't want to talk about this type of stuff because this shit hurts her too. It hurt her twice. It hurt her because, you know, a person that she loved for so many years and, um, you know, built a home with, gave a life, built a life with, gave a child to, you know, it's over. 33 years is, is over. And then, you know, it hurt me because, and then it hurt her again because it hurt me. And, you know, I was her child and, you know, I'm the type of person that I'm so loving and I'm so giving. And I'm, you know, so overprotective of my parents. I've always been that kid to be overprotective of my parents. Um, just because those were my protectors and, you know, I'm like, little baby cub who wants to just roar at all the other outside predators um but I say all this to say unpacking 26 years worth of trauma is not something that comes easy and it's not always comfortable but That's the beautiful thing about growth. Where there is growth, there is uncomfortability. And you have to be okay with the uncomfortability. It's going to be uncomfortable for a long time. Not a long time, but... It's going to be uncomfortable for a minute until you get adjusted to it. And think about it. I've been in therapy for over a year and I have my days where it's still uncomfortable. I have my days where I still don't want to unpack certain things in my life because I'm not ready. I have the days where, you know, I'll sit in session and I know there's certain things that I should bring up and I know there's certain stuff I should talk about. And I'm just like, no, I'm not there yet because I'm not ready to hear (laughs) the honest. Truth that might hurt my feelings and might make me sad and might depress me, which Again, it's okay to process these emotions. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated It's okay to feel like damn. I thought my life was one way and now it's another. It's okay Redirection. It's fine It's okay to not have your life all the way planned out. We're in our fucking 20s Shit. We don't know what the hell we're doing that question, oh, what do you want to be when we, when you grow up? Like we've been hearing that shit since kindergarten. Some of us are 25, 26, pushing 30 and still don't know what the fuck we want to be when we grow up. <laughs> we'll probably never figure it out and that's okay. But it's all about doing the work and knowing that if you want to work on your mental health, you have to actually give it a shot. I understand about therapy not being so easily accessible for everybody. Yeah, I understand. I, I saw a tweet that a girl was like, you can't tell everybody that therapy is for everyone because I spend $80 to $100 every session and I'm still going. Okay, well, sis, are you doing the work or do you need a new therapist? That Those are two questions you should be asking yourself automatically. Do you need a new therapist because you haven't found one that works for you or... Are you taking what you learned and applying it? Because what is the point of you sitting in a session every week, but you're not taking the information that was given to you and applying it correctly? Nobody ever likes to talk about that. That's like when the teacher teaches you the the lesson and then it's time for you to apply the information that you learned to the homework or, or to the test. You have to take the information and apply it. You can't just skip to the happiness and the, and the manifestations and, and think that all of these things are going to come to you right away. They're not because y'all keep skipping the shadow work. Stop skipping it. I had to tell myself, yo, bro, in order to get to the Nikita that you want to be, you have to fucking sit with your emotions. You have to stop fronting and thinking that it's okay to just throw yourself into work all the fucking time. When I'm stressed, when I'm upset, when I don't want to be uncomfortable, the first thing I do is I throw myself into work. I find anything to do to keep me occupied and busy, to to just suppress what I'm feeling. Ant, wrong, stop doing that. Process the emotion. Understand why you feel that way. I don't give a shit if you write it down. I don't give a shit if you fucking, you know, write the shit down Scream it out, put in a voice note, do something to process the emotion that is going to let you feel better and understand why you felt that emotion. It's okay. I'm going to keep screaming it's okay into this fucking mic until y'all understand where I'm coming from, because I want you guys to be better. And I want you guys to Understand that it's okay to be human and it's okay to feel these emotions and it's okay to go to therapy. Men, it's okay to go to therapy. Stop letting your toxic ass friends who provide you bullshit advice about shit they don't even know, okay? Stop listening to them and take your ass to go sit on somebody's couch men y'all walk around with heavy shit on your shoulders and while yeah you may chop it up with your boys and give your boys um and your boys are gonna give you advice sometimes that shit is coming from some crazy ass place remember when we're down bad sometimes our friends project their bullshit onto us and we don't even realize it I've been guilty of it too <laughs> let's face it ladies let's face it sometimes our friends be up and they be real good and we be down bad and as much well I can't speak for everybody because I don't do this shit but um, sometimes y'all you know we as women some of us uh, our friends be up and instead of us celebrating the fact that they up we, we give them dry bullshit responses because we're down bad and we want somebody to be down bad with us misery loves company I've seen it live and then live in living color, but it's okay. It's just becoming aware to specific behaviors. And it's also about setting boundaries. If you don't want somebody to speak on certain parts of your life, set that boundary. If you don't want People approaching you a certain type of way, like for example, me. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be real honest, and I'm, and this is coming from a place of love. It's not coming from shade. But some of y'all gotta stop calling me Nick, respectfully, because we not that close. Like, listen, think about it. If we have been friends for longer than seven years, respectfully, you can call me Nick. I don't. I'm Nick or Nikki. Anything under like five years of friendship even five years of friendship down yeah nah y'all gotta call me nikita (laughs) i'm not cool with y'all calling me nick and nikki like what uh uh, whoa my name is nikita actually my name is nikita but i've taught everybody how to say my name wrong for years because if i heard somebody say nikita wrong i think i um i'm gonna get real offended anyway um but it's about setting boundaries. So for example, my big boundary is I don't like going to certain family events. I don't, Mm-mm. I, I don't because my family just thinks that they are, everybody on them got a mouth, okay? And I know I'm not one for disrespect, period. I'm grown, you're not about to talk to me crazy. Fuck out of here, that's it up. Um, And everybody likes to threaten me with that, oh, I'm gonna tell your mom. I'm a grown ass woman and I don't live at home. What is my mother going to do, beat my ass? (laughs) No, because I got a boundary with her too, period. Um, I don't like going to certain family events because I know that there will be specific people there that I personally, I just don't wanna see. So this is why I always ask who's gonna be at the event. All right, cool. Then it's up to me to discern whether I'm going or not. And if I go... The minute I hear another person that I don't feel comfortable being around is coming, I get up and I leave. Or the minute I hear a comment that I don't like, I get up and I leave and I don't say anything, period. Um, When it comes to my friends, I have specific boundaries too. I always tell my girlfriends, you can talk about a specific person in my life up to a certain point before it becomes yo that ass you going too far you about to get this cuss out enough is enough period full stop I tell my mom uh, often like look I love you understand that (laughs) you have relationships with these people I'm grown I'm not required to might hurt her feelings but it's necessary it's okay to set boundaries with people in your life. However, you have to set the boundary and enforce it. Because if you don't enforce the boundary, all you're doing is hurting yourself. And understand that no good is coming from that at all. Like, wh- what's the point of setting the boundary if you're not going to execute? If. Your personal boundaries include maybe not FaceTiming your friends as much as you want. You know, you do maybe a weekly check-in, a once every few weeks check-in. Fine. Set the boundaries that feel good to you. And if your friends or the people in your life cannot adjust to you setting those boundaries, those people got to go. Period. Full stop. End of story. There's no shape-shifting around that. Those boundaries are put in place for your peace, your sanity, and your mental health. Full stop. Don't let anybody try to finesse you out of the boundary because they're uncomfortable with following it. That sounds like a them problem, respectfully. So I really just wanted to touch on this really fast. Um, it was something I was weighing on my heart for a little bit, but um. I really wanted to just, you know, chop it up with y'all and let y'all know it's okay. Like do the fucking shadow work, go to therapy. And if you can't go to therapy, I have some resources that I will link below in the description box, um, of this episode. And again, please feel free, uh, feel free to reach out to me. If you have any questions, you need help finding a therapist, listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to quickly before I close out, I'm going to tell you how I found my therapist. So I was on therapy for black girls and, um, I had tried to find like a couple therapists on there and I noticed a lot of them didn't take my insurance. So I was like, all right, whatever. Fine. Fuck it. So then I went on psychology today. Um, Cause I was on therapy for black girls. And then like, there was like a little sidebar for um, uh, psychology today. So then I put in my insurance. I put in the borough that I live in. And then I put in woman. I don't think you can discern it down to race. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I don't remember. But once I put in my zip code, uh, my borough that I lived in, um and my insurance my therapist I think was like either on the first or second page and I saw her contact photo and I was like damn she kind of fine this will work out for me because if you know me you know I love staring at beautiful women yes I am straight um that's fine (laughs) I just love staring at beautiful women I think that there's nothing wrong with that I think it's very much fucking weird when other women are like why are you staring at her because she's gorgeous the fuck like ew get get past that we're not in high school anymore anyway and I tell her I've told her this story like this is how I found you like I think you're absolutely beautiful um she's a baddie. she's a drawn she's a whole drawn I love her um anyway but that's how I found my therapist. I literally found a black woman. So my suggestion is if you are a black woman, go find you a black therapist for the love of God. It's about to change your life and here's why. I'm not saying that white people, well, I mean respectfully white people can't relate to black people on certain on certain levels. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like that's just real tea. A white woman will never know what a woman, uh, what a black woman experience is like because they are white and we are black, period. So if you are a black woman, go find you a black therapist, whether that be male or female, I don't care. Go find one. Black men, go speak to a black man who is a licensed therapist. I guarantee you it'll change your life. And it's okay. Y'all don't gotta talk about heavy shit all the the time. Y'all could just sit there and talk about the games. I know men like sports. So y'all could talk about sports. Y'all could talk about music. Who the fuck cares? Every session is not going to be you going in there to cry. I promise you, it's not. Every session is not meant for you to go in there and cry. There'd be sessions where literally we talk about food and shit I should try and recipes I should make. And like, you know, vacation places I wanna travel. And, you know, she tells me things about, her life and she tells me what she used to in when she was in my situation in my shoes or like when what the shit she would do in my age things like that um now for my latinas i suggest you find a latina white women go to another white woman find somebody that resonates with you okay it's period full stop that's it but more specifically my black people go find a black therapist i guarantee you game changer um like i said i'm going to link some resources Uh, below. Um, just a little sidebar. I would not personally recommend, um, better, better help, better health. Uh, hold on. Let me, I'm literally looking this up right now because power of technology. Yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend BetterHelp Um, between them and Talkspace. I've heard that a lot of the therapists that are on there are not licensed therapists. They're not um, board uh, certified. They're not um, people that, you know, their license isn't like recognized and they might be licensed in one state but they're not licensed in another so technically they can't really help you um and I just haven't heard really good things about them uh and please do your homework on these therapists interview them if you call them for like a consultation to find out you know hey do you take my insurance um what types of therapy practices do you do like cognitive behavioral therapy do you do this do you do this do you do that um interview them Uh, I do know it's easy to get discouraged because, you know, sometimes you'll find out that they're not taking new clients and that's okay. It's, it's perfectly fine. Um, but if you found a therapist that you really like and they found out and you found out from them that they're not accepting new clients, ask them who they would recommend. Um, sometimes they recommend their best friends. Uh, sometimes they recommend other amazing therapists that you should try. So it's all about, you know, just figuring out what works for you and what doesn't. Um, but like I said, on this journey, it's okay. Maybe the first five or six times you're not going to find in these consultation calls, you're not going to find your ideal therapist, but it is important to interview them, see how the vibe goes. And then if you like them on the phone and you go in for your in-person consultation, I beg you go in there transparent, go in there transparent, straight out the gate. Cause that's the only way that you'll be able to get help is if you're going in there with full transparency and you're being honest about what's going on. Don't lie. Don't bullshit. Don't hide none of that. Okay. So like I said, please feel free to reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to help. Um, But I love you guys and I will see you next show. Unfortunately, this one will not be taped. Um, Your girl was in her bonnet and no ma'am. Anyway, but (laughs) I love you guys. Thank you for joining me and I will see you soon.